Hi, I'm Anita Annabelle and you're listening to The Good Chat, a podcast with honest conversations all in the name of, well, a good chat. It was so bad what happened to me that was either end my life or just like live life. One of the biggest things I think I've learned doing from my life is life, life's about giving. It's about giving back. For a while there, we were compared to like the Hilton sisters, which is hilarious when you saw us skateboarding up at Cronulla barefoot. On today's episode, I had the absolute honour of sitting down with the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Whipper Whipfley. He's one half of the radio duo Fitzy and Whipper, but he is a whole lot of personality. Fresh off his stint on Celebrity Apprentice, Whipper raised over $180,000 for the Cooper Rice Braiding Foundation, something that meant not only so much to him, but so much for Cooper's family. That moment in the boardroom where it fell my way and I won $184,000 or something, uh, it was like nothing else. I will never forget that moment. While you may know Whipper to ooze confidence on radio, this funny man was open and honest, even sharing some of his more vulnerable moments. Whenever I have a bad day, and it's a bad, bad day, I always think to myself, oh, I've done tougher than this. Oh, mate, you've done tougher than this. You've been through worse than this. So I think that's one thing to remember. Just know that you've got that 24-hour period and it won't get much worse than that. Whipper was so generous with his time, hilarious from start to finish, and oh, so much fun. You are in for such a treat. Here's Michael Whipper Whipfleet. Oh, wow, that is... (laughs) Did you mean what you said? I mean, you didn't go Wikipedia word for word. Every word. Um, Okay, well, that was flattering. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'm actually really thrilled to to have you on here. Oh, that's extremely kind. Um, Do you get told you look like Meghan Markle every day? Most days, yeah. yes. You do look a lot like her. Do I? Huge Suits fan. So congratulations <laughs> on your career and I hope that the media stays away from you. Well, we just had a baby, so if you could just congratulate yes, me on that also. Yes, the baby Lily Bet. Lily Bet. Lily Bet. Lily for short. All bets are Lily Bet oh. off. Yeah, I know. Or Bet for short, that's right. Well, no, no, no. Okay. Lily for short. Oh, Lily for short, sorry. Yes, imagine calling your child Bet for I short. Bet. Get over here. Anyway, do you think people are enjoying this? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think absolutely. this just could be our show. Really Move over, good. Fitzy. What? <laughs> You'll have to break the news to him. He's gone. I look like Meghan Markle. Mm. He will be like, Meghan Markle is replacing me. That's yeah, fine. He'll have to deal with it. Anyway. Let the big guy go. <laughs> I am so thrilled to have you on my show. I couldn't even believe that you said yes, if I'm honest. Yeah, why not? Of course. Oh, Wonderful to talk to you. I mean, we met the other night at our Married at First Sight dinner party. We did. That was great fun. Thank you for coming along to of that. Of course. And then we had a chat the other day about Celebrity uh, Apprentice. We did. My God, if a day goes by and we don't spend it together, <laughs> it's a day wasted. I'm oh. so lucky. I'm so fortunate. And now yeah. I'm actually sitting in your studios, which- It's not is, bad, is it? It's incredible in here. It's very hot. It's very hot. Sorry about that. You know what? You can't- Well, if you can see this flagpole in the corner on the balcony- There's a flagpole, We have yes. a thing for the Fitz and Whipper show called the Six O'Clock Club. And for anybody getting up between six and seven, you're in the club. And you can actually get a Six O'Clock Club key ring. Oh. But what we just launched a couple of weeks ago is the Six O'Clock Club flag. And oh. it was, if you remember the old Friends- photo where they're all riding a horse um 
I never watched Friends. Oh, anyway, what? didn't get into it. Anyway, there's that picture. We had an issue legally with using the Friends photo and just putting our heads on the Friends characters. <laughs> so it's now uh, the whole team. So Fitzy, myself, Tommy, Maddie DeGroot, Sarah, and we're riding a long sausage dog. I we love had an this. issue with the horse. But anyway, that is where the flag anyway, goes up. That's where the flag goes mm-hmm. up. And does that make the studio colder or? No, I still can't fix the air con. That's Lance. He's downstairs having a smoke. He's the building manager. Lance, come on, mate. It's like we're spitzing in here. Getting warm, buddy. Look, I'm pretty sure everyone's all very heated up for our conversation because you have had such an incredible career, but you are very charming, I have to say. Okay. You're very entertaining. Right. What else would you I'm like to sure say? I'm not sure how to react. You're a, yeah, you don't Whatever like you do, keep going. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, no, do you I'm, not like compliments? I'm, quietly, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just ri- I'm writing it down when I know I can just listen back to it. But anyway, I want to I'll do send you the form. audio. Thank you. Anyway, growing up, were you like this? Because I wonder, is this something that you have evolved into being or were you always a bit of a larrikin? No, I think I, I was um, always socially confident uh, in that I wasn't much of a student. So, therefore, I think I probably enjoyed the more social side of school than the academic. In fact, <laughs> it was either one or the other. I did nothing at school. Nothing? No, I wasted it, unfortunately. And mum said, one day you'll turn around and you'll say I wasted that. I did waste it. She was right. I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't believe in myself academically either. So, uh, quite often I, would, I was in the special ed class. I was in the special reading class. I was in the special maths class. I was like, guys, teach me something interesting. And I think probably, I'm going to call it, I was ahead of my time. But these days, you don't have to have some of those parts of education which are now uh, now no longer required in schools yeah. because, you know, the world has moved. What, just, what was I not required? First. Well, you don't need the level of maths that you might be trained in. I know, in. that's true. You yeah. know, um, some of the other studies that you might do are no longer required. I mean, uh, I've got heaps of examples. I won't come out <laughs> with them all now. Uh, but the world's changed. I mean, Ted, who's my six-year-old, he's yeah. the eldest, he's already coding. He's at school and he's coding. He's coding. Yeah, so he plays games which teaches and starts them the understanding of coding. And if you look at where the world's going, I would advise and recommend every kid sort of six onwards to start doing this. It's clever. It's where the world is. And is he good at it? I think so. I mean, we don't try to encourage too many iPads at home, but at school, where it happens, uh, he really enjoys it. So if he enjoys it, sure, he's good at it. That is incredible. Mm. I actually um, was in 1992, I was in kindergarten. I'll let you just sit there and realise mm-hmm. how young I am, yep. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the first computer in the entire school in that classroom. Did you really? Yeah, in the entire school. What did it have on it? I don't remember. <laughs> it would have had like basic word, Excel. It must have had basic word. I think it had some sort of maths game on it. Gosh. I don't remember. I was in kindergarten, mate. Sure. I remember when the internet came in and it was extraordinary to think that you could look something up, but everybody oh. else could be looking at it at the same time around the rest of the world. I actually don't remember that oh. at all. And I just started playing guitar and I loved Weezer, the band Weezer, and I'd go into the library, not to work, and I would download um, like guitar tab from a- um, Gosh, you really are on, advanced, aren't on Weezer. you? Not really. How did you know to go onto- the internet and look up Weezer and how to play Weezer. Also, have you played Weezer recently? Not on this radio station. Not on Nova. Awkward. What? I don't even know what the last Weezer song would be. 
I had that sweater song. Do you oh, remember that? I'm not an emo. I was no. never an emo. I'm mm. like a pop girl. Okay, you're Britney Spears. Um, well, no, you're I was Taylor Backstreet Swift. Boys. Oh, okay, boy band. Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, yep. Five, What You Waiting For, If You Want a Three, Two, oh, One, God. Let's Do It. Yeah. Isn't there only three now out of five? Yeah, that's true. Or was that well, S Club Seven? No, S Club Seven, they're they, S Club Five. They cut to five. Also loved that <laughs> band. <laughs> Just the trimmings anyway, over the I'm years. really obsessed with our tangents. I'm okay, learning sorry, nothing sorry, about sorry. it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, school, it wasn't really um, uh, something that I did, but I think in terms of um, speaking and maybe having something to say when required, it was more the, the idea that I could come out with something probably to get myself out of a situation. I oh. don't know. So you are charming. Know. That's what I said. Yeah, but I don't know if that's charming. I think that's it could also be called a smart ass or a shit spinner. <laughs> Full of shit, which my old so man continues graduate? to remind me. Did you graduate? Yeah, I finished school? school. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, finished year twelve. So I ticked that off. But I remember I, I wanted to pull out halfway through, and then Dad said, "Just get your certificate, mate. Just tick it off. Doesn't and matter what school it. you get. Uh, just tick it off." And all my mates were quite um, focused, so mm. or smarter than me is probably a better way to put it. So they had achieved, you know, 98s, 99s, doctor, lawyer, medicine, all of this sort of stuff. And I got, uh, I'll never, <laughs> there was a guy called Heath Daniels. Hey, Heath, if you're listening to the podcast. And he got, uh, I came home and I said to Dad, you're not going to believe it. Heath Daniels got 21, 21 out of 100. And I said, how embarrassing is that? And he said, grab a seat, mate. And I said, why? What's going on? He said, well, I actually put in a phone call because I didn't want you to get the results yourself in case you were upset. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. And he said, you got 16.6. And I went, right. Is that not even, that's not a pass. That's a pass because it's not, it's just, a, it's just a, completing the works. Oh. So what you're doing is getting a ranking of those that passed, that completed oh, the works. Right, right, so right. you're right, a 50% would have been traditionally a pass, but all you needed to do was complete the work and then you'd be assessed on how well you completed it. But it didn't really matter too much to me, but I remember there was a moment where I went, oh, did they round it up to 17? <laughs> I mean, you'd throw in the extra points. <laughs> Come on, guys. And after, if you got under 10, you'd got a score of 10. You couldn't get under 10. Oh, like that was the lowest. That's how tried. close I was. Yeah, you and didn't you, try though. No, I didn't at all. But you know, it was funny. If we just touch on Snap Two Celebrity Apprentice, yeah. uh, we'd finished <laughs> the show one night. That you were just on. Yeah, and I was dropping. I dropped Martha home, right? Because we live not far away from each other, and we're in the car talking about school. And I said, "Oh, Martha, you wouldn't believe my Year Twelve score was a disaster." And she said, "No, it couldn't have couldn't have been worse than mine." I said, "No, it was." And she said, no, no, no. Mine was always on. I said, what did you get? She said, 16. <laughs> ah, I'm in good company. She beat. No, no, wait, you beat her. Oh, we were the same. <laughs> we were the same. Just a couple of battlers now trying to come up with ideas for tasks, thinking that it had some input into the outcome. You do realise that when I was at school, and we're not that much different in No, age, you and I are very similar. We're very... Both young... Fresh, Keep ready going. to roar. <laughs> but so when I was at high school, mm. anything under 30 is an asterisk. Right. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so I was You Mr. literally asterisk. were Mr. Asterix. Okay. I was the Asterix guy. Which, you know, I think, is, I think it's an accomplishment that you finished it all. Congratulations. Do you know what? I never thought I, would, I, w- I wouldn't do anything though. No. Like, never in my mind did I think, oh, 16.6 equals loser for the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, No. 
Well, which then, so after school you became a construction person, Well, right? I, I did. Um, which is such a shock to me. Well, yeah, I went to TAFE and I did a building management course. Yes. But I had a mate whose brothers ran a, a construction business. Yeah. Uh, so I worked for them on site as well. So um, there was the, the idea was, I love the idea of radio. Yeah. And then dad said, well, you need to get some sort of qualification behind you. Yeah. Uh, loved building, thought, why not? Loved architecture, loved design. Why don't I do a building management course yeah. so I can understand how the whole thing works? So he said, get that behind your belt and then you can go and explore the idea of radio and see how long that, where that leads you. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> to see where that little thing left it's led killing, you. It's killing me. It's amazing. It's That's fun. such a great story. So yeah, that was so I never really did anything further um, in the in the building game. But little things like I wanted to be involved in radio as much as I could while I was doing mm. the building management course. And Hamish and Andy had had started a they had a show on Fox FM in Melbourne, which was called the Almost Tuesday Show because it ran Monday nights ten a.m. to ten p.m. to midnight. <laughs> Almost Tuesday show. Wow. But they would do ridiculous things, and I'd be where they'd get me on boys uh, on board as a street guy and the street boy, and you know, they'd do things like ring while I was on a construction site, live on air, and say, what are you doing? I'm not live on air. And say, what are you doing this weekend? We need to send you to LA to interview Paris Hilton. And I was like, wow, great. How extraordinary is this ride? So those little things were sort of happening on the side. Oh, my goodness. Which was awesome. It was phenomenal. What I don't understand is how you met Hamish and Andy. Right. Uh, I knew Andy socially. Oh, socially. Yeah, I knew, I knew him socially. Mm. We would catch up occasionally, have a spritz or something together. <laughs> um, but the other thing that was happening at the time was uh, Andy played guitar in a pub. And then I was playing a bit of guitar in the pub as well. Weezer, obviously. <laughs> oh, there were a couple of Weezer tracks. And I was doing a lot of Ben Harper, a bit of um, oh Ben Harper, bit of crowded house. Oh gosh, yeah, you're eclectic, aren't you? Yeah, a bit weird. <laughs> and then, but what was interesting, Andy and his brother Cam used to play at a lot of our twenty firsts. So they would come and do an acoustic set. Oh, okay. Of covers. Right. So then I kind of, we started playing at the pub together, doing different things. We had this bar where people would come down, then Andy'd get up, and then I'd get up, and a couple of other mm. mates would jump up. Andy was quite good. I was shit. <laughs> I used to just do Ben Harper sexual healing. Everyone we used to go, oh, get him off. Get him off. But then, uh, I think I would have enjoyed that. But then, uh, <laughs> then we we sort of just stumbled through the, the same parties, and then I was doing radio at um, at one of the universities at RMIT, I think, and they were doing a show as well. It all kind of just blended together until they landed a job at Fox FM in Melbourne, and then I sort of got involved with that as well. Just followed similar interests, and and the other thing too, I would panel a show at night time. And that was till, say, midnight. And the station wasn't far from where Hamish lived. So he would come past, um, get out of the taxi drunk. I would then <laughs> I would then drive because I'd been working to his place where it was 1am and we'd sit there and watch The Office or something. That is the ultimate bromance. Mm. And you guys are still besties. A beautiful start. Beautiful. We still do the same thing. I come in here on Sunday night, I panel for a while. <laughs> He comes past drunk. We just reminisce. We act it out. It's so great that he's moved to Sydney now. Now you can it's do good, that yeah. anytime yeah, you it's want. Yeah, it's good fun. A lot of fun. So after I lost my train of thought, Sorry. I was like thinking Sorry. of Hamish. No, no, no. This is, this is why I'm not doing live radio no. ever. Although I'd be really good at oh, it. Oh, you'd be great. Excuse me. Hello, Nova. I'm on. Hi. She's in here. Would you and Hamish do a project together? Like I know you've both got your own separate mm, things. Maybe if it was the right thing. 
It yeah. depends where you are too. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, you know, focused on what I do at Nova. Um, but if the right thing popped up, yeah. I mean, we always talk about it. But at yeah. the same time, I think we're extremely close um, because we haven't worked together. You know, yeah, I'd hate okay. that to ever get in the way yeah, of, course. Of, um, of what we have now, yeah. that beautiful bromance. The bromance is so wonderful to watch. And I've really, really enjoyed seeing you pop up on the stories when he was making Sonny's birthday cake. Oh, yeah. You were in a Pikachu outfit. Yeah, you were really, you went home with that. You were like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to support him mm-hmm. and I'm going to wear a Pikachu outfit because I'm. he is making a Pikachu cake. Do you know what happened though? You know, do, do you know Jimmy Niggles? Yes. He's the guy that showed yes, the beard off, the right? Beard, yeah. yeah. So Ham and I were MCs for the bearded boar, that. right? Anyway, Jimmy came around to my place and this was the night of the cake making. Oh. So he came around to my place for a meeting with Hamish and we're all sitting there and Ham goes, oh man, I've got to make the cake tonight, big night. And I went, oh yeah, I was going to, I should come over. I need an outfit or something. Jimmy said, I've got to go, mate. I'm heading into the city. I'll see if I can find one. <laughs> so then, then he just messages me saying, Pikachu outfit on the way. And I, oh, you're a genius. You're genius. genius. So he organised the Pikachu outfit to arrive at my place and I then knew um, that all I needed was a bottle of whiskey and I was right to turn <laughs> up and fit into the, the groove. Uh. Maybe that should be your show. Like Hamish Bakes. Yep. And you get baked. I mm-hmm. mean, you. <laughs> sure, yep. The Baker Brothers. The Baker Brothers. I'm pretty sure that's already That is something, isn't it? That feels like a something already. But I feel like that would be incredible. You're just like his right-hand man. Mm-hmm. Like he bakes, you just yep, watch, eat, eat yep. watch, drink. I, think I, I misunderstood how serious it was over there it's too. It's very oh serious. Oh, my God. Do you know how many people look forward to that every single year? It's big, isn't it? Um, I don't think you understand. I would really rather just talk about that and mm. him for the rest of the show. Yeah, it was weird. You. I mean, I'd had a couple of drinks. I mean, he just had a vasectomy as well, so he was sort of stumbling around the kitchen a bit. I'm sure he won't mind. Anyway, so that had... <laughs> And there is the grab, everybody. That, that had happened, and he, he was a, he's a man with sore testicles trying to bake a cake, and I was just getting in the way. But it was a great time, a great time, an awesome time. And is that what keeps your relationship strong? Yes, making sure he's okay <laughs> or enjoying watching a, a man struggle. Bloody good cake, though. Like you got it. In the end, I know. Do you know what it is? It's like it's watching some phenomenal grand designs show yeah. where you go impossible. You can't do it. You can't do it. And then you wake up because it goes so late into the night. You wake up the next morning and go, how did he do it? He's a bloody genius. 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 So are you going to start doing that for the kids? Nope. (laughs) Not now that I've seen how long it takes. Forget about it. Yeah, but he leaves it to like 8 p.m. But that's the other problem too. My kids see that and go, can you make a cake like Sunny got? See? No, mate. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Forget about it. Why don't you just go, yes. Yeah, And then sure. they go to bed and you go buy like Hamish, some make epic. a cake. Oh, well, that's true. Hamish could make Imagine it for you. Imagine what he could get, right, if there was a charity auction and the item was for Hamish to make your not, kid's cake. Honestly? Whoa. Why have you not thought about this already? Do Why you know what? Can we do this? My, this needs to happen. My wife's organising a uh, event for the Ronald McDonald uh, House oh, Charities. Wow. And that's coming up and Hamish and I are hosting that. And you can win, I think, uh, lunch on a boat with Hamish and I. Or you can buy it as one oh of the God, items. Oh my God, I would totally do that. What if we threw on the back of it, he'll make your kid's cake? I think that is genius. I'm going to stitch him up with that. I think you should. Don't put the podcast out till after the charity event. <laughs> Where's the charity event? (laughs) Don't worry about it. We'll roll with it. Can that please happen? Yeah, it'd be amazing. I would 1 million percent auction put money on that. Okay. 
Great. Except Come on. I have none. Buy so it. Let's pass the hat around. I literally have no money. That's okay. Hang in there. So can I have yours and then- I'll give you $5. <laughs> Do you reckon people would pay more than that? I would. I reckon that would go- That would go- Put a price on it. That would go more than your incredible cast mold of your dad bod. $50,000. It will go more than $50,000. So yeah, but 49000 would be for Hamish. I'll take the $1,000. <laughs> yeah. Still happy to be there, guys. <laughs> Still, hi, I'm here. Hey, guys, I'm I'm here. Hey, I'll, I'm dr- here. I'll oh. drinks if yeah. you want. Um, wasn't that a beautiful cast? I'm like, oh. Honestly, you have you. I have to say, Dad let's bod. let's be serious yep. for a second. You have absolutely nailed the Celebrity Apprentice. Um, thank you. It's a bit hard to um hard to watch it. I found. I don't know why. Tell I me. Don't know why. Probably the first time I've looked at myself on TV, and I found that hard to watch. I don't. I don't know why. Like even last night or the other night when I was watching it, and Lisa said, "You've look. You look great." You I do. Said, do. You think so? And she said, "Yeah, you've looked great through the whole thing." But you know when you look at yourself in the mirror, you walk out of the room. Let's say when you're getting ready, right? And I would suggest everybody does this. You Uh-oh. walk out of the room happy with how you look, mm, right? Can you sign mm. off, right? That's yep. me done. Yep, I'm done. out the door. Yep. Um, but you also, I think. Position your head and look the way you look yourself when you look your best, right? <laughs> so you see yourself in that position You're when so you right. look your best. And when I'm sitting in the boardroom and there's a camera shot sort of on a 45 down, yeah, going up and there's what looks like, God, I look like a pelican and I've got, <laughs> I've just picked up a wild trout and it's sort of hanging there in my gullet. Uh, of chins there that's like a pillow if anybody needed a quick lie down I suppose I suppose all the jokes about my eating habits and things that happen on the radio show I now I now get it <laughs> I think you look great that's kind of you it's not even about that anyway no offence no it's not but that's just one thing that I've struggled with watching I'm it I'm sorry that's not good don't nah. you need to be less hard on yourself I think everybody has those moments of course they do you know when you walk past a window and go oh my gosh but you know what? The thing is, you turned what you feel are your flaws mm-hmm. into art. Oh, God. Did you write that down? No, I just made that up. It's pretty good. How good was that? But that was the other thing, too. When I say that, when I say that I pick on the small things, I'm completely comfortable with who yeah. I am and the size I am and what I do. And when I say size I am, I mean the... I don't want people to get the wrong idea, but I mean that the what I am... Do you know what I mean? I'm not your buff guy. I'm not your super confident guy down at the beach who's been in the pump house waiting for the one day over summer where he can rip off the shirt because he's been shifting steel for 12 months. Yeah. That's not me. But do you, do you know what? Look, I'm 35 and single. Okay. <laughs> Nothing not wrong with at that. All. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. But the thing is, is that at this age, personality to me, humor, sense of humor, personality, it trumps everything. And isn't it interesting, too, the people that you find yourself attracted to or wanting to spend time with, Mm. it might be the smallest thing about them that you've even seen in somebody else that they have the same quality and that's why you like to be around that person. Absolutely. But the thing is, too, I went through a, a stage where I was so hairy so quickly as a kid, right? I'm not joking here. If anybody developed early, it was a shock. And I had pubes in grade four. And no one else. I know you're laughing, but I'm not joking. I went from a boy to a man overnight. <laughs> it was like the movie Big, where he woke up and went, oh, my God, what am I in? What Love am I that in? Movie. What is this bit? What is his body? <laughs> but I would do things like, grade five, we played footy, and the coach would say, hit the showers. 
well, I would drop my towel right near the, the, the corner of the shower, nick in, face the wall, and come back out and grab the towel before anyone could see anything because no one else had pubes. They're all little kids. <laughs> when I was at year nine camp, right, Yeah. somebody came up and said, uh, one of the parents came up and asked me what year I taught. <laughs> no. Without a word of a lie. That's what it was like. So I went through this stage of being so shy about my body that it's almost any time I do something like the cast is a form of celebration because I just don't care anymore. So if I was sitting here naked right now, I just don't care. I mean, I would a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it would be completely inappropriate. (laughs) Completely inappropriate. I just just, don't care anymore. Like, how how different can all of this be to anybody else's? But also, I think you're a little bit hard on yourself. I don't know. No, I just, I know. I I just got to say, I think you're a little bit hard on yourself because that's not what I see and that's not what Lisa sees. That's not what the world sees. I mean, everybody thinks you're amazing. I said to Lisa the other day, we might have to cut this bit out, I don't know. You can tell me after, <laughs> but tell me right now because no, I need I to said hear to her, it. I said, honey, sometimes when I look at you, I think to myself, wow, I just want to rip your clothes off. <laughs> I said, do you ever look at me and go, ooh, just want to get my hands on that. <laughs> I just want to get my hands on that hot bod. She went, yeah. And I said, your voice went your up. Your voice went up. Went really high. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the glasses started to shatter around the room. And I went, okay, well, she's telling the truth then. I think we've uncovered something here today. Insecurities. Yes. Cut all of them out. We have... We're not cutting any of that. I'm joking. You You are. It's like, I think it actually humanises you. Well, it's real. Because you're actually such a big star, obviously. Being a big celebrity, you know, celebrity Everybody has those issues. No, of course they do. Everyone does. Of course they do. But it's good where you reach a stage where... And I think people enjoy seeing... Uh, someone that has that level of confidence mm. not to care. Because yeah. I think for anybody that reaches a point of not caring, there's been a transition period. Yes, of course. Where they've gone, you know what? I didn't like the way things were. I'm, yeah. I'm uncomfortable about having to hide or not be at peace with that. So now I'm going the opposite way. Yeah. I just don't care. I don't have time to care. No. And I honestly don't care what you think about what I look like. No. So. And I just think that nobody cares what you look like. I mean, you have a job on radio, thing. for God's sake. It's like when you have a, bi- a pimple or something and you're nervous yeah. about it. The only person that notices is you. It's me. Yeah, yeah, you, me, us. Unless it's really, really big and should have its own postcode <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, luckily I don't mm-hmm. today. My skin is flawless. Magical. Flawless. <laughs> um, so, going Sorry, where were we? School. This is a mess. How's it going for you? Having a good one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really enjoying it because this is probably the best chat. Let's talk about Celebrity Apprentice, yep, though. sure. Because that's how people are knowing you right this mm-hmm. moment. Obviously, you have this brilliant Fitzy and Whipper, which we will talk about in a moment, yep. but I do want to talk Celebrity Apprentice. You have raised so much money for the Cooper Rice Braiding Foundation, which is unbelievable. It's good. So, unfortunately, you didn't make it yep. to the... The final two, which you'd promised me that you were going to and you didn't. Maybe I said I was going to be in the finale because obviously I helped out Ross in the finale. Ah, right. So maybe that's where I got my wording Yeah, okay. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? Uh, It was good. It was really good. Um, I didn't didn't, didn't so much feel any pressure because Mm. I knew straight up that this was a great chance to get the foundation's name out there and Cooper created the foundation before he passed away, but it was... 
uh, I felt completely honoured, like really honoured to be part of it and to be able to represent the charity. And I suppose myself and and Catherine Mahoney, who has a podcast, uh, she helped out with a... um, she helped out with Sarcoma Month, right, okay. where we interviewed a whole lot of people together. So I felt like there was a, another layer on the personal attachment that I had yeah. to some of the families, some of the doctors and the people that I've met, some that were, were challenged by it at the, at the current moment in time and others that had lost loved ones. So yeah. I felt like my broader understanding of, of who I was fighting for and the families in the community was, yeah. was even greater. And that moment in the boardroom where it fell my way and I won, 184,000 or something. Uh, it was like nothing else. I will never forget that moment. It's almost like you hit a point where it's out of your hands and it can go either way. And you know those moments in life, it's almost you go you go for a job interview and you've done everything you can. Mm. You don't know that it's going to fall into your hands. You don't know if it's going to go your way. And when it did, it was like, oh, my God. I wanted it more than anything, anything. Your passion for this foundation, it does make me a little bit emotional. My sister did have leukaemia. She survived, um, ran five marathons. Hello, Louisa. Extraordinary. She's extraordinary. Yeah. So those kind of foundations mean so much to so many people. Mm. But you obviously had that really incredible relationship with Cooper. What was that like and how did that come about? So Cooper loved radio, loved sport, and he came in here one time and had a bit of a tour of the building. Um, and anyway, we got on really well then and then he invited me to come and MC uh, along with Peter Overton to um, when he launched the foundation. Mm. And here's this kid um, who was 17 at the time and he's standing up on stage He's talking about his situation. He's got all his schoolmates there and, you know, they're in the prime of their life and, you know, they're going to wrap up their schooling soon and head off to school his week and, you know, their life is ahead of them. They're ready to go. They're ready to roar. And here he was talking about his battle, but how important it was for everybody to to understand what we Mm -hmm. need to do. So after that, we just continued to talk uh, and then we'd hang out. We spoke a lot about footy, went to the movies together, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, through the more challenging times, you know, I'd go and see Cooper in hospital. Um, but never once was there a suggestion of the struggle. You know, sure, he was frustrated at times. I think he got frustrated. Um, but you can you can understand that. But he was never, ever upset or angry, in a sense, about the position he was in. There mm. were more little things, whether he was uncomfortable or whatever it might have been. But, um, you know, that was another thing that I admired greatly about yeah. him. So I'd, I'd always sort of wondered... Um, I'd, I'd always wondered what sort of impact I played as well and what sort of help that I offered. But I think what, and I might have mentioned to you this when we spoke the first time, I think what I, I loved about the result of the money as well is that Cooper had always encouraged me to do more TV. And when this came about and I rang his mum, Tanya, and said, this is the opportunity, um, when the money came our way, it was like he was the puppet master. He was the puppet master. Yep. We've spoken about this before. He was the he puppet was. master. And it fell <sighs> it fell into to, to my hands for a reason. And the other thing too is... You know, I mentioned to you last time about joining those dots. Yeah. When and, and you can do that looking back. Yeah. And then when you think about the first moment that he would have walked into the studio, it may have pulled a trigger on something. Absolutely. So now there's this money that's going to be no, donated to trials um, to help out those that are looking for hope and a chance to find a cure. Because I think for a lot of the kids out there, 
you know, they're, they're, they're caught in a, in, a, in a cycle where the standard treatment doesn't work mm. and there's no other great option than to just keep trying treatments. Yeah. So when they're put onto a proper trial with some backing and reason for, then it really lifts the chance of hope. And we will get there. But um, I don't know. I feel like it's just the start in terms of what we can try and do with, with the foundation. It's absolutely just the start. I think that you have raised so much awareness for, for it. But also, I feel in, in such a weird way, he's also helped you make a, a bigger name for yourself, if you know what I mean, for you to then have Profile. a bigger platform. Mm. Yeah, to have a bigger platform to spread the word. And I think that is so incredible. And obviously, you have this incredible radio show, but you now have even more of a profile in Australia because of being on this show and mm. showing that you're actually a lot smarter than you give yourself credit for. Okay, I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> Can be. You're <laughs> a lot smarter than you give yourself credit for. And I think that that's so amazing that you were able to show yourself like this on this show. Mm. I loved watching you. I thought you were brilliant. It was wonderful for you and this is just the beginning, which I think is you know, incredible. The other thing I, I didn't, I probably didn't think about or prepare for, um, and which was an honour also, is to have the amount of people that have messaged you know, privately to say, hey, here's my story. My daughter's got this or my my son's battling this. Thank you for telling all our stories because a lot of people don't know the word sarcoma. They don't understand it as a a cancer, a very complicated cancer that requires specific treatment. Um, So for that reason as well, I think it it would have brought um, some sort of encouragement to them to be watching the show to go, oh, hang on a minute. Someone's talking about something that's part of our lives right now that we need all the help we can get. Yeah. So that was another, uh, another uh, a moment where I realised probably the greater impact of, yeah. of um, being on the show. I think you're the type of person that has this ability to reach a, a big amount of people and that's for you to use it for good is just so insanely magical. I mean, even you and Fitzy have – you've raised over a million dollars for charity. Is that correct on I, this show? I think so. I'd say so. There's different things we've done over the years, but – A million dollars. Do you know, do you know when you get find yourself in a position like this, though, there's – there's, it's not a requirement, but it's part of the, the gift of it. Mm. And I think about the the bigger you are in terms of profile, mm. the more charity work you do. Absolutely. And it just comes that way. And when you think about somebody like, oh, God, an Ed Sheeran, you know, he would be a half t- part-time musician, part-time charity worker. Yeah, of course. Because the demand would be huge. And knowing what he's like as a guy, he'd want to help out. Mm. So he would do – even we had, a, we had an amazing moment when we went for an interview with – Justin Bieber one time and he we got there and there was a whole lot of sick kids that had turned up to see him and they made a point of telling us that there were no cameras allowed because Justin doesn't want anybody to know um, or or doesn't want this to seem like it's part of a promotional or anything like that but he goes out of his way to make sure he sees these kids that are fans that are doing it tough but it's nothing else than giving them the joy of, of what they wanted. How much goes on that you never, ever see? That stuff would happen 10 times a day, a million times a day all around the world. And I feel like that's what it needs to be, though. Yeah, from the heart. 
Yeah, because otherwise, if you're going, hi, look at me, like I'm shaking this person's yep. hand or whatever. <laughs> Does he get that? All right, get him out of here. Get that, yeah. <laughs> Stupid sick kid. <laughs> Go on, mate, you've had your turn. But you, so you and let's talk about you and Fitzy mm. for a moment. Um, the big guy. The big guy. The big gigantor. He's getting taller, isn't he's he? He's so tall. Yeah, he's a beast. I remember meeting him and just being like looking up mm. and going, you are a giant. Yeah, he's a monster. But you, this is a decade you've done this. I know. In September, a decade. Looking into those wrinkly old eyes that he has. <laughs> He's got a beard at the moment too. I love he that. sort of follows suit on a lot of the stuff that I've done. You do and look really good with a beard. Do you think so? Yes. But it's grey and one day so? I will be all grey. So I'm hanging on to that. There are those insecurities again. Sorry guys, we moved on from that. Um, nothing wrong with grey. Honestly, these chats are like a therapy session sometimes. Um, yeah, but I think, um, you know, a while ago I started wearing a bow tie when we went to formal events. Love that. He started wearing a bow tie. He's got to stop copying you. Then I Actually, did the beard. Then he did the beard. I met you guys and you were both in skivvies. <laughs> when was... Oh! We've done a bit of skivvy gear. Do you know where my mind flashed back to? You couldn't do that this, these days. We, reco- we released a fragrance. Probably seven years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. And it was called Generique. Oh, yeah, I remember French for generic. Yeah. Used for men, women, cats and dogs. Anything. You could spray it anywhere. Smell like shit. <laughs> it really did. And anyway, people bought it still? No, I don't Wasn't think it limited it. edition or something? Yeah, it was, because yeah. we only got yeah, 100 bottles made or something. It's perfect for your toilet. <laughs> it's toilet spray. That's exactly what it is. Lemon-scented toilet spray. Sounds we'll delicious. Will kill anything. Um, anyway, we filmed this film clip, and it was the... T- <laughs> Just like when I say wearing roll neck skivvies and that was it, that was it. So there's one scene where I'm just lying on a bearskin rug <laughs> with no pants on. I actually think I remember this. Wearing a roll neck skivvy and then Fitzy's just on a balcony completely nude with someone oiling him up. Oh my God, there was so much nudity back in the day. But I just, at one stage, it was just skivvies. <laughs> hey, what have you guys been up to today? Oh, just getting around a skivvy and nothing else. <laughs> cool. Really, really cool. It's, it's quite a look. Mm, not many doing it these days. You guys are kind of like twins. Yeah, you know? as like in the Danny movies. Yeah. Arnold. Yep. Little bit. Obviously, you're the tall and yeah, yeah, strong yeah. one. Of course. Obviously. I get it. But this show. Ten years, I know. It's ten years. And you've been. Like, what makes this show so successful, do you think? I think Fitzy and I have a very similar sense of humour. Mm. We're very we're very different people. Most mm. definitely we're different people. But at the same time, we both share that understanding of ridiculous. Yes. And we love it. Yeah. So, if, we, if we're constantly in the game of knowing what we're doing and then we can find our way to that little play area called Ridiculous Park, then we love to do that. And I think also, when you've been doing it for so long, the challenge becomes... Um, how you're going to do it differently, yeah, of course, and not so much how you're going to do it because you don't so much waste time on things that don't work because mm. you, you have a, a far greater read on on the situation. But it's just continuing to try and create um, different content and different ways yeah. of doing things. That's the challenge. Is there a stunt that you guys have pulled in the last decade that you're like, why did we do that? Slash, this was amazing. Oh, God, there's heaps. I mean, there's ones that have gone wrong. There's ones that haven't gone to air. Oh, oh tell me one of those. Come on. Oh, we Only were five do, people will listen to this. It's we were going to do a thing where we, we stole this idea from a film clip. And what happens in the film clip is there's a caravan and it's sort of on, on a grassy hill. And the band members go into the caravan 
and then the caravan starts to roll and it rolls off a cliff and it blows up. But the band members have got out of a trap door underneath. <laughs> anyway, we had this idea that we were going to shoot a promo and it was Fitzy and I and Kate, Tim and Marty at the time. Oh, my God. So, it would be like a massive cash giveaway across the day. Fitzy Whipper, Kate, Tim and Marty. And then it would be um, Fitzy and I running the truck. Like, So, it would be like blackers at the start of it standing in front of the truck going, guys, we're giving away a whole lot of cash. Hey, Fitzy Whipper, how much cash is in there? We run into the so-called truck full of cash and then the truck starts to roll. But we've got out the bottom. And then it goes off. So the prank was on Kate, Tim and Marty to see how they would react. <laughs> see what I mean? It's kind of, that's one we didn't go ahead with. There was a moment where we went, oh, feels pretty serious. A little bit on the nose. Yeah, a little bit on the nose. A little bit on the... So we pictured like Kate and Tim running to the edge of the cliff. Marty probably wouldn't have cared. Um, running towards the edge of the cliff as the truck blew up. And then we go, hey, we're over here. Got your beauty. So this, how far into this idea did you go? Oh, we'd found the empty quarry and everything. And we were talking with this team and they were going, do you want explosives in the truck? <laughs> so when it hits yes, the bottom, it blows up. We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we really absolutely do. We absolutely want, want explosives. Sure those guys are dead. And that's me. We want to make sure everyone thinks those guys are dead. Yeah, so that was one idea that never got off the ground. There's so been- how did Lisa react to this idea? No, she didn't think it was funny oh, at no, all. no, she wouldn't. Nah. No, that when didn't you're work. dealing with death, mate, like yeah, feel- there's got to be. Fitzy had an idea once of. Um, oh God, no, I won't go there. You guys, <laughs> how you do Times live commercial radio? It blows my mind. In that things can go wrong. No, in the things that come out of your mouth. Yeah, anything could happen. It is actually scary. But isn't it interesting though to suggest that someone had done that or that you could do that? Isn't it an amazing opportunity to go, I've got this idea. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I've got this thing here, which means I can talk to as many people in Sydney that want to tune in. What am I going to do with it? Yeah. What am I going to do with this thing? It's having that platform. How much fun can we make it? Let's put explosives in the truck. (laughs) Let's blow ourselves up. Good luck, everyone. So, yeah, there's been so many ideas over the years. Well, I just- I can't believe that it's been a decade. Like, we've honestly- Mm -hmm. I feel like this is not possible because we're similar age, but I feel like I've just grown up knowing who you are. Right. How is that possible? I'm a bit older than you. Yeah, but not very much. Yeah, good six. Yeah. So, oh, yes, I was in year seven when you were in year 12. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Fair difference there. (laughs) When you were flunking out. I mean, got an asterisk. I mean, got 16. It didn't matter what I got was more of the point. You tried. I tried. <laughs> Guys, rounded up to 17. So I just feel like you've been that that staple in media for so long. Like, it coming feels up weird. to 20 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really thought about it. So it feels weird. 20 years? Would that be right? No, that's no, not it's right. too it's long. How dare you? Yeah, sorry. Go 15, please. 15. Let's sorry. Do that again Let's from the lock top. that in. <laughs> so coming up to 15 years. <laughs> I'd prefer to get it wrong, to mm, be honest. Thank you. Just for the, you know. For you, for me. Um, but it's, so how do you think, why do you think you've had that longevity in this this industry? Oh, I think you play the game a little bit. I mean, everybody gets too passionate about things. You get stuck on things in this game. Mm. You can very quickly start to spiral if you worry about all the small things. And I've been through those stages. Yeah. Where you come in and you go, oh my God, I can't do this anymore if they're going to play that music. 
I cannot do that again. Why are we playing Nicki Minaj Starships at 6am? It's like another alarm clock going off for people. Guys, who's in charge of the music here? <laughs> so you can't worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah. You just got to focus on what you you do. Yeah. And make sure that and we're very lucky within the team that we have. I think there's maybe 12 of us in that in our yeah. team in the Brecky team and we just got to make sure that we do what we do. Yeah. You know, and we're a little bit separate from the other half of the building as well. So we keep our distance and not let that um, side of things get in the way of what we try to do creatively. Of course. And I think that's the best thing you can do if you're in a radio game is just try and create the environment for the creatives to create. Yeah, of course. Um, because you do need that time to, to think of the different way to do it or present the new challenge or whatever it might be. But lucky enough, we, we continue to come up with ideas which I think are great. Yeah. Most well, that's why you're still on air. Most of them are mine, you know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously. Well, I think they're great. Fitzy's one's a little bit on the nose, yeah, but yeah, a little yeah, bit questionable. Yeah. So you're a dad of three, mm-hmm. and how has fatherhood changed you? Um, uh, in every good way. Um, you, I don't know how to answer. Do you know what's really interesting? Mm. I just before I met you, I don't know what it was, but I just had this really weird feeling that mm-hmm. you didn't ever think you were going to have kids. Is that a really odd thing to say? I went through a stage where I wasn't sure if I'd get married. Okay, that's what it is. Oh, that's psychics. being a big psychic. Psychics turned up. This makes me nervous. How old was I at that stage and what was I doing? No, but I just, I just, it's so interesting because I said to your publicist, Amy, mm-hmm. and I said that to her, I was like, do you know, I just have this really weird feeling that he never thought he was going to get married and have kids. Like it, it was something, Maybe, it doesn't necessarily mean that you weren't going to, it just, I just felt like yeah. you'd never thought you were going to. Maybe you pick up on the fact that I can't believe they're mine. Like, every day I can't believe they're mine. Oh, I love that. Yeah, every day I can't believe Lisa and I are together, and I can't believe that we live in the house. Here we are, thank you. I mean, I am. And I can't believe that they're our kids. Like, it's phenomenal. It's wild to think. And we have those moments where we sit there and we go, God, did we make this? Did we make this? Francesca, a little bit questionable. Mm -hmm, Hard to say. Very blonde. Could have been Hamish. (laughs) Was it Hamish? Yeah, I think it was. We went away to Italy. She came home pregnant. Everyone's a winner. This is the coup, guys. This is all Everyone's I wanted to admit. A this is all I That's wanted to fine, admit. Huh? Well, you've got that bit. <laughs> and do any? Do you think any of the kids will follow in your footsteps? I mean, I don't know. Jack's both of them. They're funny kids in terms of their um, hunger for life and the ridiculous things they do. I was talking to Ted about that in the car yesterday, actually, and I just said, Ted, you know why I'm so proud of you, mate? I said I'm proud of you because you're hungry for life. And you know what? As you grow up, you end up associating with other people which have a, a similar way of living to you and you end up hanging around with people um, that make you feel good. Yeah. So you'll find that your mates are also hungry for life and good at what they do. Don't overthink things, but run out there and have a good time. You know, oh. and I like that he's that kid. This morning when I left home, I'm having a shave in the bathroom. It's probably, oh God, quarter to five in the morning and I can hear this noise outside the bathroom. I thought, oh, he can't be up. I walk outside. He's lying in my bed pretending to be a tiger. Oh, it's quarter to five in the morning, mate. you do, a quarter to five. And he's lying there going, rawr. What are you doing? Lisa must have loved this. No, she was in the other bedroom. She Uh, was in her bed. uh, Different bedrooms. I did not know that. Yeah, different bedrooms. Sorry. (laughs) Put that down. Um, So then it was just funny. He's just hungry for life. He's so good at it. They all are. They all are. So, you know, I, I I love the way they um they have their own differences and they fight and all of that happens. But they they all sort of have this 
they all make each other laugh as well. Mm. They play well together, which I think is special. Um, yeah, but I can't believe they're mine. They're crackers. Yeah, that's just, I mm. just had this feeling that was a psychic thing. Was that? A little bit. Okay. I've been thinking of that since the time we spoke on the phone. What else has come up in my world? No. <laughs> do you know? No, I do see more television for you. Do you? Absolutely. This is not the end. What time? I think you'll go on to a different network, though. I don't want to do Dancing with the Stars. That's not what I was... <laughs> the Bachelorette. What you're going to be bachelor? on The Bachelorette. You're going to be The Bachelor. Wow. Sorry, yeah, honey. Yeah, you're going to be the first... Uh, bye, Lisa. First... No, it's going to be... What What are those marriages when you have oh, more than... Oh, open... Oh, monogam- mm. monog- monogamy. Polygamy? Polygamy. No. Monogamy is when you actually... Actually, a normal one. Do a normal one. Yeah. Polygamy is when you have more than one. Okay, thank no, you. No, I do. I just see you on maybe Channel 10. I think there's going to be... It'll be... Yeah. I don't think it'll be Dancing with the Stars, although you'd be really good at it. I'd hate that. You'd be so no, good. I would never do that. Before you do that, mm. I do just want to ask you, going back to the hardest moment in your life, mm. it's got real deep. Yeah, because you looked at me weird. Oh, did I do that? Did no, my head- you looked at me like you knew something and then I got nervous about what you were going to say. <laughs> no, that's the worst thing about being a psychic. Everyone's like, what? What? Why you looked at me weird? What happened? Tell Nothing. me about the worst day of my life. I actually don't know what the worst day of your life is. Ah! <laughs> well, neither do I, so that makes sense. No, just going back to the hardest moment in your life. Yeah. What advice do you have for that person? Oh, gosh. The hardest day of your life, if you can pinpoint one day, mm. sets you up to know that you can get through any other day. So you just have to get through that day. Yeah. Because I, I even have, whenever I have a bad day and it's a bad, bad day, I always think to myself, oh, I've done tougher than this. Yeah. Oh, mate, you've done tougher than this. You've been through worse than this. So I think that's one thing to remember. Just know that you've got that 24-hour period and it won't get much worse than that. And you also know, it's amazing how quickly the world is there to pick you up. You know, if you are in the thick of battle and you've dipped your toe in the end and you don't like it, then the sun will come up. And like anything, it the season changes and you will get out of it. It's it's amazing how it happens, though. But the other thing, too, you know, if someone's flat and doing it tough and uh, the hardest thing to do in those moments is to exercise and move, mm. right? Sometimes you just can't get out of bed. If that's the case and you can get yourself up, it's amazing how you can pull yourself out of it. Do you ever feel that way? That you- oh, I have over the years. Yeah, yeah okay. most definitely. Um, but at the same time, I've learned a lot about myself. So I, I read signs better, a lot better now. That's um, so interesting. Yeah, just monitoring where I am or why I'm reacting to things. Because I think the other thing with breakfast radio is that you, you monitor your health. Yeah, of course. Both physical and mental all the time. So if for some reason I'm reacting differently to something on air, then I'll stop and I'll question myself. Yeah. And I won't go, oh, no, they're not annoying me for that. It's probably because of this. So it might be that I have, uh, I'm tired or I've done this, which has led to me led to me feeling like that or something's triggered me earlier in the week to go that I'm, that's why I'm sensitive about that. So let's look at that. So I don't necessarily – it's the way you look at it because you've got control over how you look at everything. Yes. So if you can can realise that it's your assessment of it, for one, it makes the issue not that great big – or not that big. It's just how you're handling it, knowing that you can handle it correctly if you're in the right frame of mind. Yeah. 
So I think a lot of the time I'm, if I'm not feeling as great as I am or I can be, then I will just run a bit of self-assessment on it. That is, I'm like a little bit speechless because it's so true. That's what everybody needs to do. Self-reflection is is key. And just go back to, oh, hang on a minute. Maybe I broke my routine of doing this or simple thing of exercising or eating. Yeah. Or, oh, hang on a minute. Maybe your that hours was- are so crazy. Mm. I can imagine that anything kind of thrown out really would get to you. Like having a big night with Hamish and- Oh, yeah. In a Pikachu outfit. A- <laughs> but there was something I heard the other day, which I quite liked, but you think about it, but then when you, it was to do with a professional sports person and it was before like a big event, before they'd dived into the swimming pool or something and it was the pressure of it. And they were going, well, how do you how do you remove that pressure of the moment? And they were saying, well, whatever happens now, I've always got my family. So when I go home and I sit on the couch, it's still the same as it was before. <sighs> so nothing, but you almost think that those professional people in those moments will have a different answer to that because yeah. I think that's a natural place to go back to, to go whatever happens in this next minute or two minutes, whatever the event might be, when I get home and walk through the door, it's any other day and nothing's changed. So don't lose sight of that. Ugh, you're actually quite amazing. Um, it's very kind of you to say so. He also gets really awkward when I'm yeah, I do. Well, I don't, I don't know what to say, but I'm just sharing the way I see it. Yeah. I just think that, that there's so much worth in, in being able to be reflective. I think that if you can't be reflective, then you can't move forward. No. No, you got to know yourself. And it's weird how long it takes to get to know yourself. No, and you're, you're still going through it. Oh, man, I'm learning a lot about myself. I can tell because of yeah. the insecurity. And I'm not meaning that in a nasty way. Mm. It's just like if you're still feeling those insecurities and whatever. I don't think anyone ever gets to the point where they're like, I absolutely love everything I'm bulletproof. about myself. Yeah. Go and hit me. I mean, are you bulletproof? No. No. That's the thing. No one is. No. Well, this has truly just been the most incredible chat. Thank you for having me. I am just... Yeah. I'm interested to know what show on Channel 10 you think I'm <laughs> going to end up on your psychic. Have you done, have you been paying attention before? No. No. Great I show. Just, I don't know why you haven't. Such a good show. That is the one show that I feel like you should be on. Really? There you go, Channel 10. Pump it up, guys. I'm willing. And what? I think you'd be good every couple of weeks. Um, It's such a good show. But except they're in Melbourne, aren't they? Yeah. Bugger. Kills it, that show. Kills it. So it should. But I don't... I mean, Dancing with the Stars is not on Channel 10 anymore, no, by the way. It's no. going to be... It's back on Channel 7. Um, what's 10 Celebrity Big I'm, Brother. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Yeah, but if you can raise money, then... Yeah, don't put that pressure on me. Anyway, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave because okay, you... You know, you. we're 15 minutes over. Are we? We are. What I'm is the time? I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, I've held you captive in your own studio. Oh, I've got a midday. All right. Thank you so much for being on this Thank podcast. Thank you for having me. It has been... I'm a big fan of, of yours. Oh. I'm a big fan of yours. I'm a psychic. This podcast is going to be a hit. <laughs> You're so mean to me. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was such a good chat. On next week's episode, I talk to one of RuPaul's fabulous drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, and you'll just have to wait and see who it is. And if you like this chat, you can rate, follow and review and follow me on Instagram at AnitaAnnabelle underscore and at the Good Chat Pod. See you next week.